This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Cap Benny's on oysters, about however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame. Uh, the reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them. Because if you break the record, everybody with you eats free. Now here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show 501 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's head up to Lake Houston. Let's check in with old John Littleton this morning and see what he's up to. Good morning, John. What's up? Oh, man, barely me. (laughs) (laughs) I had to stay up and watch that game last night. Yeah, we all did. I'm uh, I'm, uh, fortunate enough I can go home and uh, pop me a little nap this morning, catch up a little bit. Yeah, well, unfortunately I can't. No, you've got to go to work. Well, no, today it's four o'clock work. game. Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna go look at some property to maybe lease to try to kill a deer or something on, you know. So I got you. It's a little late, but you know this happened came up real quick in a you know in in a few days. So we're gonna try to get that done today and and uh, you know go see what we can see, you know. So. But no, I I stayed up a little later than normal, you know, and then I was wound up. So, you know, of course, you know, you're sitting there watching the game, eating snacks and get all wound up and then it's hard to go to sleep. So, you know, (laughs) oh, well, but uh, uh, yeah, take your time to wind down after the game. Plus, I got to stay up and watch the post game with Big Poppy and them. They're just the greatest, man. I love those guys. Oh, they, yeah. They really do a great job. They brought old Bregman yeah. in there last night. That was cool to see. Well, good. No, I didn't I didn't catch that. I I kind of tapered on off as quick Oh, you got to stay with that and watch the post game. There's some good talk. 
And uh, well, good. Some uh, really qualified ball players sitting there talking with Bregman. You know, Big Poppy, and you know, you got A Rod and Jeter. That's, right. That's that's some baseball baseball talent right there in its own. Pretty impressive. Yep. Yep. I know. That's what a lot of them guys get in. Well, that, you look you forward to I mean? that because you have to listen to the nonstop, never stop talking John Smoltz the entire game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know what's worse, Joe Buck or him. It it don't matter. It's, <laughs> it's that umpire show. last night was all over the place. I thought it was, oh you know, the Little God. League World Series, I, man. I mean, a pitcher could throw two back-to-back pitches in the same exact spot, and one would be a ball, and the next one would be a strike. It's the darndest thing I've ever seen. I'm, well, you know that. I mean, these are playoff the umpires. We, They're supposed to be better than that. Yeah, it was the same way the game before that. I was looking at you know that little that little square there where that ball hits, and it's like really. <laughs> you know, I know that ball. Well, moves, you can see you know, him miss a few still. here or there on the corners, but I mean, when and you know, game before last, I know that eight Astros or there was eight strikes called on Astros that weren't even close to being in the zone. Right. I mean, I don't know what kind of report cards those guys got, but I don't think they were too too impressive. <laughs> but and no. they're doing it the same for both teams. I mean, I saw them screw over the. Rangers on on some pitches too that weren't even weren't right. even close and they rung them up on strikes. It just uh, I'd like it to yeah. be a little more consistent, just a little more. Yeah, yeah, but you know, oh well. But it was consistent. He was consistently about, bad. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, fishing has been pretty good, Mickey. The you know I. I did not go out this week, but uh, my buddies have been going, and they're starting to catch a few crappie. And uh, you know, this little bit cooler weather now is starting to get them white bass moving again. You know, they kind of slacked off a little bit on the white bass, but uh, right. you know, they're they're moving around quite a bit right now. They'll start back up in these creeks. They'll get back up in that East Fork, you know, way up there past the Commons area. Mm-hmm. Up there in Peach Creek, Caney Creek, and I'll tell you when them when them white bass get in there, uh, we're a little early yet, but when they get in there, man, you can take a little small quarter ounce rattle trap or a little small shallow diving crankbait, and they'll eat the hooks off of them. You know, <laughs> I mean, they will they will get on that. But um, they're catching a few crappie, you know, already, and and uh, you know, not not a lot. It, you know, they'll go out and they'll have, you know, eight or ten, you know, something like that. But man, that's still a really good mess of crappie to eat, you know, when you catch those like that. But <clears throat> but they're uh, mainly on minnows. They're uh, they're saying they're not. They're not wanting that jig yet, you know, so they're uh, tight line in minnows. And one of my buddies that fish out there, he'll run three rods at least, if not five, off, you know, those spider rigs off the front of the boat. Right. And, uh, you know, send them at different depths. And, you know, they just tight line and barely ease around. And, and uh, you know, they 
they catch them, you know, doing that. I'd stay hung up all day, but, you know, they they got a little pattern that they run, you know, and it, it works. So they'll catch them. But <clears throat> we hadn't been, you know, we just been working and going to try to go look at this property, get ready. We went to the deer lease last weekend. I sent you that video. I don't know if you looked at it or not. My granddaughter caught that six-pounder in the pond up there, a buddy of mine's pond. Right. And uh, she was I all excited. That. That, was her, that was her biggest bass was it? ever to catch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she was excited to catch that. But, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine this week, and I wanted to mention it, you know, like he was saying, uh, you know, we got that high school tournament coming up out there, and uh, he said he noticed two two of the Lake Patrol boats, they were out there pulling people back in. You know, the lake's down right now, and we've mm-hmm. got that big high school tournament coming up, and, and you know, I, I don't know. You know, I know there's probably a lot of people fishing out there that have never fished it or fished it very little, and you really got to watch where you run out there, especially when you get north of 1960. Sure you do. You know, you're... You've got to be careful. You can't just jump it up on plane and take off. I mean, even running right there, you know, just north of 1960, right there around those islands, there's some stump flats out there that will tear your lower unit up. And uh, it, it's just, you know, I, I just hope those guys and kiddos are safe out there, you know, just be, they need to be careful where they're running, because uh, you can have an awful bad day real quick. Yes, you know, out there <laughs> doing that. But but we you know we were also talking about fishing line. You know, I know you guys have your own line and stuff that y'all like to use, but a lot of people don't realize. You know, I I use that that Sunline Sniper for fluorocarbon. And, uh, you know, it's expensive, but man, when you're fishing and you're trying to catch a, you know, a fish that can win you some money or you can, you know, trying to catch a fish of a lifetime, you know, you got to make sure you got some pretty good line on there. You know, I know everybody has their own that they like to use and what you have confidence in, but I hear it so many times. Man, I had a big one on, you know, but he broke my line, you know, and yeah, that's going to happen, but you know, you got to you got to get your rod and reel set up and your line set up, you know, all in tune together because if you don't, you set your drag too tight, you know, and you hook a good fish and it'll make a run and it'll break you off. You yeah, know. if your uh, drag's too tight, uh, either your line's going to break or your rod's going to break, one or the other. Something's got to give. Yeah, it <clears> does. Ninety percent <laughs> of the time, it's going to be your line, you know, and and. Uh, well, and a lot, lot of break-offs are usually not break-offs. They're uh, by inadequate knot tying. <laughs> tying the right. wrong knot or right. not tying it properly, and it cuts itself in two, or it comes untied. 
Well, a telltale yeah. sign of that is uh, reeling in, and you see the little curly cue on the end of your line. You knew you messed up. You didn't tie it properly. Yeah, yeah. And how many times have you thrown out there and you got hung up, and, you know, you, you get it loose and you reel it in and you just throw it right back out and the next cast you hook a good one and it breaks your line. Yeah. You know, because I I am probably one of the world's worst about whenever I throw out and I get hung up like that and I sit there and pull on it and pull on it and then comes loose, you know, I, I at least check it. Probably more than 75% of the time... I just cut it off and retie. Well, I mean, it only first thing I look at is my seconds. hook and see if I straightened it out too bad. And if I did, right. I'll bend it back. And then I'll run my fingers up and down the line to see if I got any frayed, you know, anything frayed or weakness there. Right, right. Yeah, because if you don't, you know, before you know it, or, or even if you catch a fish and you notice, now if you're throwing a spinnerbait or something and, you know, the line's not in the fish's mouth, then, you know, that's different. But, you know, if you're throwing plastics and that fish has that, you know, bait down in its mouth, you know, about two inches up from that hook, you probably got all kinds of fray marks on that line. So, you know, I, I always check that, you know, and, and uh, try to make sure that that line is still good. And, you know, like I said, it only takes you know, probably a minute if you do it real quick and got everything handy, right. you can uh, retie. And it, it's just, you know, I've done it too many times, you know, that I broke off good fish, knowing that I should have retied. Right. But uh, it'll, it'll happen, you know. It happens to everybody. But, uh, you know, I, I just... You know, and we've talked about this before, but even when it was so hot, you know, you lay your rods on the deck of your boat, and, you know, us bass fishermen with 25 rods laying out on the deck <laughs> of the boat, you know, they touch they touch those locks on those rod boxes, and those things, like mine, is stainless steel, and, man, before you know it, you know, you get, you, get, um, you know, that heat, it'll, it'll do wonders with that with that fluorocarbon, you yes. know, laying there against that. I try to always make sure that my rods aren't touching those, uh, you know, rod locks. So yeah. they, so that line doesn't touch it. Yeah. That sun heats and, that metal up. It does. It gets hot. Yeah. Stick your bare foot on there and see how long you can hold it. <laughs> I've done it too many <laughs> yeah. times, you know, and <laughs> exactly. reach over to grab it reach over to grab it to get something out of one of the boxes and it's like you know i mean it it'll get your attention pretty quick yeah it will you know it's like touching a hot pan on the stove exactly you know it'll get your attention all right john i gotta run my friend if somebody wants to give you a call need some info from you how they get a hold of you brother sure they can call me on my cell as always 281-222 eight five four four and been getting a lot of calls so i know the you know especially high school kids you know looking yes. for info so you know i don't mind helping Just, heck you no know, give me a call we all needed it back in the day too so that's good yes, for you sir. man all right john yeah hey always a pleasure you have a good weekend good luck on that lease 
All right. Thank you, sir. We'll see, see you, you, man. All right. Later. All right. That's John Littleton up on Lake Houston. I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Onyx PFDs. You know, approximately 70% of all fatal boating accident victims drown. And out of that 70%, 87% of them were not wearing a personal flotation device. A PFD, it's like wearing a seatbelt. It's the biggest safety feature. It's proven to save your life. And the AM24, that's the one I wear, and it's very comfortable. It's convertible from automatic to manual or manual-only inflation. It has a low-profile design. It keeps you comfortable, especially in hot weather. And it has a soft neoprene neckline. It won't rub you raw when you're moving from spot to spot, especially in rough water. The durable rip stop, stop fabric resists tears and punctures. Inflatable PFDs are not recommended for children or non-swimmers, but Onyx has a complete lineup of flotation devices to fit every situation. For more information, visit onyxoutdoor.com or you can check them out at Academy Sports and Outdoors. I wear Onyx PFDs. You should, too. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 520 here in the Bayou City on this Friday morning. Let's head down to Texas City. Let's check in with Mr. Dave Fremont this morning. I'll just call him Texas City Dave. Hey, Dave, what's up, bud? Good morning, Captain Mickey. How you doing? Oh, I couldn't be better. It's, uh, <sighs> I don't have an Astros hangover this morning. They won again. I'm, I'm good to go. You know, if, uh, if old Tucker could swing his bat like he normally does, and I'm not going to get on to him too much because he's pretty much put us where we are uh, during the season with his phenomenal uh, everything from RBIs on down. But, uh, boy, he's, he's been kind of silent here in the last last couple of playoffs. What did he but, bat in September, One 191? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it all went bad in September, man. It just uh, – and it's just characteristic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's uh, he looks like a lost soul right now. <laughs> and then he's, you know he's definitely got a hole in his swing right now. <laughs> well, you know when he first when he first came up, he was he had some terrible droughts, and uh, his brother was the same way. And his brother just pretty much just could not hit well in in the in the majors. He was he was tearing that ball up in the minors. Uh, old Preston Tucker. And, uh, yeah, but he just never could, never could make it happen up in the majors. He'd have little streaks, but, but, uh, and th- you know, but then you got a brew and he's coming around, he comes around, he starts smashing the ball. So it all, I guess it all averages yeah. out with hope. So, uh, but just when you start <laughs> getting down on him, then he comes up with a big hit and that's, that's what yeah. we gave him the money for and got him here. But he, you know, he went through the entire season with a, with a, you know, back, back problems. He had, he had some yeah. issues. He's, he ended up. He ended up coming back, and uh, he has had some good numbers on RBIs and and uh, and even with hits, his average well, yeah, was down to well, You're bad in the number five spot. I mean, that's a gift. So you're going to get the RBIs if you get any hits at all. Yeah, so that's usually that's usually the key place to be in the lineup to build your RBIs. Well, it'll be it'll be fun and uh, and interesting and a little bit nervous to see how things go uh, with this game. But it could have been a lot worse. We could already be over by now with losing four straight. So I'm happy. Feels well, pretty sure. good. Well, these guys, but, uh, they don't. 
Uh, how many times have we seen this? Their backs to the wall, and they always find a way. You know, just yeah. like uh, they're not going to win their division. They they stink. They're done for the year. <laughs> and and uh, lo and behold, you know, going to Arizona yeah. and sweep them, and then uh, hey, they squeak it out. What was the last game of the season? They won the division. So that was a good race. That was that's fun. That's what makes baseball so fun is those pennant races. You know. And it's definitely one of the best ones in the in all the majors, and uh, and it's amazing that out of our division we got two teams playing in the ALCS, and hey, the Rangers—they're a great ball club, good coach. T- I mean, good guys. I mean, and they represent Texas well, just like our team. So hey, I, I mean to tell you, the worst case I, scenario is a Texas team will be in the World Series, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, you go. <laughs> well, just just when I didn't think I could uh, dislike a, an announcer, and, and it was so oh. pleasant not to have to deal with Buck that Verducci, that whatever he, his name is, he right. just I'd like to stick one of them shiny tennis shoes right up uh, <laughs> down his down his throat. <laughs> but he he just I, I guess they uh, that's exactly what they pay those guys to do is just to. Uh, Stir it up the best they can, but it seems like those guys are always, always going against uh, the Houston teams. Well, well, we're, we're the yeah. cheaters. We're the we're the mark people. You know, <laughs> they, they hate our guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they they don't they have a clue. What, they don't they don't have a clue as what we're doing now. We're really pulling some stuff on them, but they don't even know about it. <laughs> yeah, we we got some new new ways of cheating. Oh shoot! They'll well, never give them credit for being good. Never will. Yeah. Well, it's been a it's been good to have a a, a quality Houston team for. Well, you know they they just keep showing up in the playoffs and winning a couple of of the big series and just just nice. Well, we, we had a drought for many years and of uh, where the Astros are just yeah, we, you know if they, if they if they made five hundred we were we were celebrating. But that's it, all I was looking good. for. I used to have a bet with a friend of mine. Well, he's actually Blaine's little brother, Craig. He's a big Astros fan. And we would bet a uh, dollar a game. You know, he'd take the wins and I'd take the losses. And every year we'd break even or just owe each other a couple of dollars. They were just 500 you know. <laughs> it was yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they're quite entertaining now. Well, Mickey, it looks like uh, it's going to be a nice day, but uh, yes. The wind is. We got some west wind, and it's uh, it's put a chop on the water. I just came back from my ride out to the end of the dike and back. I'm seeing 71 degrees, which is just downright pleasant. We've had some yes. awesome, awesome mornings uh, this last week. Uh, I mean, it was it was actually crisp. I think uh, I think where I live around uh, League City, I think it actually got down into the in, into the upper 40s. Uh, one morning, which was right. just, I, I argued with my wife. I didn't believe it when she told me that, but I looked it up, and sure enough, we we got below fifty degrees, and it was really nice. And uh, but but were they already talking about maybe even this weekend getting up into the upper eighties or maybe even around ninety? So who knows what in the heck's going to go on? Yeah, Houston will be but, a lot. We're fortunate we've got the cooler water in the bay that keeps our temperatures down but uh houston they'll get a little hotter i think they're showing 91 today and 91 tomorrow 88 sunday so good grief but we'll be cooler on the coast we'll be 80 to 82 or whatever yeah well there's been some 
some pretty good uh, catches of flounder, Mickey, which it ought to be. Uh, even right. even with the even with the summertime temperatures that we've been uh, experiencing, uh, it's, it's time they've got to start making their migration. So there's been some uh, some pretty nice catches on on flounder, and some of them pretty good size. And so we'll see what's in store. You know, uh, our buddy uh, Hunter Welch with Fish Dicks Rods, he's got his uh, big flounder tournament this Saturday, right. and uh, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good one, I'm sure. And he's Oh my gosh! They got some good prizes and stuff uh, in there. They've got they got a lot of money uh, available in that tournament. And I went by to see him yesterday and uh, dropped off a oxygen response system so that he can uh, do whatever they want to do with in terms of using it as a door prize or whatever. Anyway, we want we always like to support him in that tournament and we were talking about it and just uh he was going good grief david 90 degrees for a flounder tournament i said yeah Mm. we we ain't got no control on that but uh it ain't 90 degrees with them flounder or it's about 70 so there'll be some come through they're on the move it uh somebody will bust some big ones it always hey you get that many people fishing for them somebody's gonna pop some yeah when i rode out to the end a while ago and i'll say quickly that there wasn't an awful lot of activity there was a couple of fellas set up out there to wrestle some uh some bull reds i was thinking there'd probably already be some people uh, lined up out there with some flounder rods to to sit there and wait on one to pass by and grab their mullet or whatever but uh, it's pretty slim pickings right now for that but uh the piers had a little bit, a little bit of activity, and uh, bull reds is still the the, the main ticket uh, in terms of what's being caught out here, Mickey. And I never did see a big, a big uh, deal with any croaker yet, so I don't know that it may not happen. Here we are in the throes of October. I mean, what are we working on the third week? And uh, yeah, it's the twentieth, and uh, that croaker run ought to be on like a neck bone. <laughs> yes, it should, but I don't know. We'll just—it's everybody's, anybody's guess in terms of what's going to happen when you've got weather pattern or a lack of one, like like we've got going on right now. But uh, it looks like it's going to be a while yet before we get any other kind of uh, uh, significant blows in the weather in terms of making any real temperature changes or precipitation. Right. But we'll, we'll just see how it goes. But. Uh, It'll be all right, but like I say, I'm looking forward to to seeing what kind of fish are caught in in hunter tournament, and it's Saturday, and I and I, I'll say quickly that he, people can still sign up for it. They can go down to his store in Santa Fe, or they can get on Facebook on Fish Dicks, and they can they can get in there all the way until I think tonight at midnight, and then the tournament's Saturday morning, on, and uh, so it ought to be a lot of fun. But I wish I wish them good luck with that. Um, yeah, me too. And uh, what else we got going on home front around here, Mickey? Uh, uh, Boys, one stop is alive and well. I went by, and uh, in fact, I'm uh, I'm within eyeball distance of them right now. And they, uh, I was watching watching the folks come in and out. It's been a pretty busy little morning, and and I think it's only going to get better. But they've got some live shrimp and live uh, finger mullet for the folks that want to try to snatch a flounder this morning. And uh, and all the all of the fixings for that, plenty of tackle. And I didn't notice that they had any crabs. I I I didn't I didn't take a peek, but I should. Uh, in fact, I'll go back in there and look, and I'll post something on Facebook for the folks that are wanting some crab for either eating or for chunking out there to 
catch a bull red. But sure. with the water with the water warm right now, still plenty warm. Um, you really don't have to have uh, my my opinion. You really don't have to have crab, and that things can get expensive. And with the water still being warm, there's a lot of little trash fish in there. Piggy perch are still thick in the waters, and uh, they'll they'll do a number like a piranha on that crab. But if you get you a uh, catch them piggy perch and use them for bait, and uh, put one pick of them that meat out of a crab shell like a piggy perch. <laughs> oh man, I <laughs> can do it. I wish yeah. I could pick crab that good. Yeah, but they uh, you can use just about any kind of cut bait for them old redfish. You know the deal, oh, yeah. like y'all been y'all been talking about. They are they we've we've got a we've got a nice batch of redfish in our bay waters, and I'm thankful for that. Just a just a a beautiful fish and a real fighter. So it's good to have them on board. Good to have some redfish. Love to catch them. Good tug. Mm-hmm. Tug is a drug, baby. Yeah, they'll they'll give you a run for your money and let you know if you ain't doing things right in the tackle department. That's they'll, exactly uh, right. They'll 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 change your attitude, but they're a they're a, they're a cool fish. Uh, Mickey, it looks like boys is going to have some shrimp. And man, I got a rumor, which I think was a reliable one. Uh, uh, Derek, our number cruncher here at Boys, he had messaged me and he said, "Hey, we're going to take some." Uh, some reservations for some uh, table shrimp coming up, and I think it might be for next weekend, and I'll have more info today probably. But right. uh, going to have a big old mega shrimp sale for the for the big shrimp, so uh, stay tuned. If people want to stock up their freezer or just get a bunch and have a big old uh, shrimp fry, fish fries, well, it's going to be good. So I'll have more more to put out about that. All right. That's right up my alley. All right, Dave. Well, hey, somebody wants to call down to Boyd's. Give them some info. Man, where did the morning go? Um, it's Boyd's fast. one stop. <laughs> yeah. Boyd's one stop is 227 Dyke Road. Just as soon as you come up on the, the turn off of Bay Street, uh, we're right here before you actually get onto the dike. Technically, we're, we're not on the dike, but uh, close enough for horseshoes. And uh, open 24 hours still until we're not. And uh, everybody's uh, chomping at the bit to help anybody and everybody coming that way. We've got boats coming in and out right now, and it looks like we've still got plenty of bait. So, Mickey, thank you. Hey, thank you, bud. And uh, you have a great weekend. And Ghost Rose, man, we've got to have it. Go, got to have it today. Today's Ghost Rose. Come on, come on home uh, this evening or later on tonight, uh, three games to two. Wouldn't that be sweet? Wouldn't that be sweet? Yeah. This will uh, – Whoever wins today will probably win the series. Take care, my friend. Later, Gator. See ya. All right, that's Dave Fremont down at Boyd's One Stop. Great place, great guy. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Texan Roofing. They're the people I trust. You know, Texan Roofing, they cover Houston and surrounding areas, and Texan Roofing has free estimates on any roof leak repair or replacement. And Texan Roofing has the Better Business Bureau A-plus rating, with no complaints ever, and they're certified to give the best leak-free warranties in the business. And Texan Roofing, they found the majority of jobs they do, they offer the lower price and beat the competition's quality and warranty. Along with their honest roof inspections and A-plus management, these are reasons to call Texan Roofing. And if you tell them you heard about it right here on the Outdoor Show, Tim and all his staff, they'll work extra hard for you and do a superior job. And uh, they're outdoorsmen like we are. They'll even talk hunting and fishing with you. 
Call Texan Roofing at 281-391-9600, 281-391-9600, or texanroofing.com. And when you do call the folks there, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Live from the Twin Peak Studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, it's 538 here in the Bayou City. Final segment already. And uh, we're going to go check in with Captain Steve Hillman. Steve, good morning. How are you, bud? I'm doing okay. How are you this morning? Oh, I couldn't be better. Life's good. There you go. Another pretty morning. I'm liking this weather. Yes, it is nice, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I got a little west in the wind this morning. Yes, we Southwest. do. Not real fond of that, but it doesn't look like we have much of it. No, nah, they're calling for it to get up, but I don't see it right now all up and down the coast. It's pretty much the same, 5 to 10 everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a decent week for us. I didn't fish Monday. Got blown out. Went and had my 100-hour service done on my motor and all that stuff. Did some rat killing. But, uh... <laughs> Tuesday at uh, Tuesday, I fished here in Galveston. It was kind of a grind for us. We caught, I don't know, I had three guys that caught maybe 30, 35 fish. Had 12 legal fish. I think uh, I, don't, I don't think we had any keeper reds that day. We didn't. Might have had a flounder. I don't know. But, uh, just running the same traps I've been running, catching about half our fish shallow over shallow shell. Some of it hard shell, and, and uh, a lot of the areas I'm fishing now, they're getting, some of the areas I'm fishing now, uh, these fish are starting to get, uh, they're on shallow, in shallow water, but they're, they're close to deep water. They're starting to get kind of in that pattern where they hold a little bit closer to, to deeper water, you know, which mm-hmm. that'll, uh, that'll be more of, the, more of the pattern as it gets colder. But we're still catching about half our fish out in six, seven foot of water too. So we're we're not really in that full blown fall pattern yet. But uh, but Tuesday was kind of a grind. Everything on on soft plastics, mainly paddle tails. Rat tail bite hadn't been that good, and uh, still catching a few on little johns. We're catching more on sea shad, and the water got green again. So we're catching most everything on lime truce, chartreuse, glitter. Uh, silver glitter and then uh early in the morning you throw a little bit darker color slamming chicken chicken on chain but uh that was tuesday and then uh, let's see wednesday went down to matagorda first trip down there this year and, and there's some boats down there man they've got a lot more boats on their bay than we have on ours i can tell you that but it was it was decent fishing we did good on trout Mm-hmm. I just had one guy just taught Overmeyer, came by himself, and uh, we we caught, 10, I don't know, 10 or 12 legal trout. And then we uh, messed with some reds for probably a solid two hours. Uh, and I've seen open water schools of reds now. Uh, the difference is down there, you got a lot more slots mixed in with them than, yeah. than we do here. Uh, but we still caught mainly oversized out of the schools down there. It's pretty cool. We worked three schools and got some good videos, man. They, uh, some of them were coming all the way out of the water 
<laughs> feeding on shrimp and shrimp, shrimp and uh, ribbon fish. But uh, we just had a good time, man. It was, it was a real relaxing day, and just the two of us. Weather was gorgeous, and we managed to stay away from the boats, so uh, that was even better. And but we you know that's cool. Of- You're talking about shrimp and river ribbon fish when that those open water schools do that. The ribbon fish are chasing the shrimp, and the the reds are chasing the ribbon fish. It's uh, and, every, the life and everything cycle. else. <laughs> that's right. The, the reds are eating everything in their path, man. It's true. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so that was kind of cool. That was a really fun day, and uh, <laughs> but we caught a lot of little fish. I haven't been down there since March. Of course, you know this time of year from now through March, I'll be bouncing back and forth between here and Matagorda, like I do every year. And but man, that, compared to the last two or three years, uh, I don't recall seeing that many little fish. When I say little fish, I'm talking about fourteen and a half, fifteen inches. You know what I mean? Not not like little bitty right. nursery fish, but but just just under if you were keeping just undersized, you know. Yeah, just but uh, the pre adult stage, you know. Yeah, teenagers. but we caught yeah, but we caught fish in a lot of places, uh, so that that was real promising. Um, and then uh, and the tide ripped out, got real low down there. Um, and then yesterday, I fished uh, fished back here, and and uh, we did real well. Um, we, we got on our first stop wasn't, wasn't so great. We, I think we caught six or seven throwbacks, a couple of legal fish and, and uh, but our second stop, they actually, I, I was surprised that those fish ate like they did yesterday with the warm up Cause typically uh-huh. this time of year, as you know, in between these fronts, this, this fish just kind of get comfortable and they don't, they don't have any sense of urgency to feed, you know, nothing to, <clears throat> nothing to really trigger a feed. You know, no approaching front, no barometric pressure change, no water temperature change. Everything just kind of stabilizes, and they kind of just get docile. You know, and I didn't expect to catch much yesterday. I mean, it's not like I was going into it with a with a negative attitude or anything. Right. As a matter but of fact, yeah, was, just you're being realistic. Yeah, yeah, it was complete opposite. I mean, I had Brian Castile and his guys, JT and Matt, and these guys are three of the most positive, best attitude guys you could ever ask for on a boat, and. Man, every year when they fish with me, it's, we seem to do real well. And I, I was telling them yesterday, I, I promise you, it has everything to do with attitude. They it does. That tells you all you need to know about positivity. Yeah, but they go in with the, with the right mindset. None of this garbage talk about let's go get our limit and all this stuff. Yeah. Let's just go fishing and, <laughs> and have a good time. And um, so, yeah, that second stop, uh, I told them, I said, look, this fish kind of been small over here we're catching a few legal fish and uh you know they're not really piled in here yet and it's, it's one of those areas i've been kind of checking on and it's kind of right on the cusp right. of, of getting getting right and man they uh i didn't even hardly fish they went they had a couple of triple hookups i mean it was pretty good stuff of course some little ones mixed in but mm-hmm. uh i only caught 16 legal fish and we pulled out of there went red fishing around I don't know, 10, 10, 15, and, and uh, couldn't find any slot reds. We had caught a couple of rat reds, but uh, the tide was kind of too low already for, for what I've been doing on these slot reds. You know, I've been going up shallow and trying to find a few mud boils and pods of bait and stuff uh, close to shorelines, actually throwing a lot of spinner baits and stuff, little bass and spinner bait. And we've been catching a couple of slot reds a day and a couple of nice flounder a day. Well, well, that didn't work. That just didn't. We couldn't get it done doing that yesterday. Tide was too low for, to to kind of repeat that program. So, 
uh, I said, man, it's calm. I said, uh, y'all want to do what we did last year? Because they fished me this time last year. And uh, I said, let's go. Let's go see if we can find one of these open water schools. I said, they're all going to be giants. But, but it'll be fun. And these guys love that. Yeah. And, uh, man, uh, you talk about a plan coming together. <laughs> we just we, we made a run and, and found a, a couple of unbelievable schools. One of these schools is like 200 yards wide. And, uh, of course, I'm just netting fish and videoing. I just I just love watching that stuff. I mean, it was slick, calm. There wasn't a breath of wind, and it was just a uh, sea of gold, man. And same deal as in Matagorda. Some of them were coming all the way out of water, feeding on – they were feeding on shrimp. I didn't see any ribbon fish, but I don't know. There were some schools of, like, pilchers or something. I don't know what they were, man. But they were feeding on shrimp and some kind of fish. Yeah. And they were they were just going crazy, and I just I nosed the guys up <laughs> up in them, and and uh, I think one of them said, "Man, uh, Matt said, man, lime truce is the color to throw today." I said, "Man, it wouldn't matter. You could take your jig head and throw it." Bare jig head, no working that. <laughs> I told him, I said, if I was a lure manufacturer and I was field testing something, I could tell everybody how good my lure was today because they're eating everything, you know, but. Um, they caught they caught really seventeen of those things. They were all, ah man, smallest one probably thirty, biggest one around forty inches, and then lost a few. And it was just a it was just a perfect day, man. It was it was beautiful weather and yeah, and uh, really had a good time. But, uh, oh, before but we, we speaking of time, before we run out, we got about four minutes, four and a half minutes left. Mm-hmm. What? What went on at that scoping meeting last night? You went to it, right? I did. I went to it, and uh, I got there about five minutes early, and, and they started on time. And Basically, uh, you know, I've been to a lot of these things. You have, too. And, and it seems like, uh, I don't know, I just, I've seen this movie so many times. It seems like we, we, we have these hearings and scoping meetings. Of course, this wasn't a hearing. It was a scoping meeting, but... We have something like this every every three to five years these days, you know, with the, the growing population and the fishing pressure and all the other elements combined. Uh, our fishery is, is under the microscope more than it ever has been, our trout fishery mainly, more than it ever has been, and, and rightfully so. And so Parks and Wildlife did a great job presenting everything. They just went over all the tools that they use to, uh, to assess our fishery. Sure. Uh, you know, gill, gill net, gill net catch rates, krill surveys, bag stains, uh, comparing the years past, line graphs, bar graphs, and and then they go into uh, they went in, into what uh, what slots uh, based on their research would be most effective for increasing the percentage of biomass in each base system along the Texas coast. And of course, I think I'm I'm going off of memory here, so I'll, I don't want anybody to quote me. Uh, and I actually did take a picture of the of this one bar graph, but I think the it's the top the top of the bar graph is like if you were at seven five fish seventeen to twenty three inches, uh, or maybe yeah five fish seventeen to twenty three inches. I think uh, the percent increase biomass be like thirty eight percent, and then if 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 you kept three, it goes up by seven percent. And then it just works its way down there, all all the way down. Right. It gave you a bunch of different ranges, like all the way down to 
if you kept five, 15 to 20 inches, if you kept three, 15 to 24 inches, it get, gives you a bunch of different scenarios with a, a bunch of different possible uh, outcomes based based on their numbers, okay? They're, right. Uh, and, and to me, uh, something around a maybe a three-fish <clears throat> far-bay system uh, or maybe the whole coast, a three-fish, 16 to 20, yeah. to me would be a, a, a good range. I didn't speak at it. I listened to everybody. But, uh, right. Uh, and normally I do speak at these things. But Was I, there a lot of I intelligent people there last night? There were some really good. Uh, <laughs> there were there were some some young men that, that stood up early and, and were very well prepared, and, and another fellow down uh, towards the bottom row that was very well prepared. And they they covered all the high points. Every they talked about everything they they should have talked about. Uh, what you know, all the anecdotal information they've gathered, you know, their own personal experiences fishing, uh, and then looking at the numbers and looking at years past. And, and they stayed on point. They didn't get off topic. They did real well. All right. Um, and then there was a couple of guys. You get the ones where, you know, you just they're very opinionated and very combative and argumentative. Yeah. It, it can it can they kinda go out in left field and wanna right. talk about their own you know, they talk more about their own personal bio, how long they've been here, all the stuff they've done and and it's, I don't have a lot of patience for that. It got, well, it when you got to stand up and prove that, say, you know, that uh, that just tells you all you need to know about it. Yeah, it got a little exhausting, but uh, I ended up leaving a little bit early. But, but overall, I think it was a good meeting. I have more people in favor of, of uh, some type of, of change. And Sure. And one of the reasons I didn't speak, man, there's so many moving parts to this deal. Limits are just part of it. And, and some of the guys touched on it. You know, we have environmental issues. We have habitat issues. Uh, channel dredging and and everybody's very seemed very knowledgeable Uh, i mean pretty much everybody that spoke talked about legitimate things that are going on that that need to be looked at and limits is just one one tool it's the only tool we have to the only manageable controllable uh variable that, that we have and so that's that's what I guess that's what we all have to focus on. but Yeah, that's I don't what everybody know. hits and focuses on because it is uh, the only tool you have to manage something. The other things are out yeah. of our hands very much. Yeah, so. but it's, it's, a, it's a long discussion. It, a lot it of is. stuff is you and, I, you and I have talked about for, for years and years. I've written articles about it. It's just, but, man, sometimes I just feel like, I don't know, there's so many moving parts to this thing. I know. There's no there's no quick fix. There's just not. There's not. So. Patience. Got to give it time. All right, Steve. Yep. Well, speaking of time, I'm out of time. Throw them out a number. Somebody wants to come fish with you. I highly recommend it. All right, man. 409-256-7937. And matter of fact, I need to go fishing with you. I need to get a fix. All right, buddy. <laughs> Let's go, man. We'll go catch some oversized reds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'll video. I know you I'll love watch. That. All right, buddy. Okay. Hey, have a all good right. one, Steve. Later. You too. Thank all you. right. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show, but we'll be back in the morning, bright and early, 4 a.m., right here at Sports Radio 610, KILT Houston. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my word. Podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.